play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello, everybody, and welcome in. It is a very dreary Monday night here in Spud Studios, as I am welcomed, of course, by Kyle the Big Ticket George and Tyler Agent Double Eleven Bagenstoss, all three of our teams fresh off a week three loss here in the Lug. Um, but tonight, we're going to try to pick the spirits up. It's Commish Corner. We're back for our uh, Monday recording, Tuesday release show. And it, it, it's, it was still a very exciting week in the NFL, huh, boys? I mean, we're sitting yep. with Tyler, who I'm going to give a fair warning, might be a little sniffly this I'm episode. A sniffly he's, he's, but the thing I appreciate, you're here, you're battling, yep. you show up every episode. I'm here. I mean, it's at my house, which is convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Spud Studios uh, resides in Bagenstoss Farms for all the listeners who are hoping to um, get our autograph after the show. Yes. Um, Kyle. How you doing? Uh, another tough week fantasy-wise, as we'll get into here, the details shortly. But um, like we said, all three of us suffered a loss. We're all actually sitting at one and two as well. So what's your mood like as we uh, enter this recording Monday night here, September 23rd? You know, I'm down a little bit, Con. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm feeling it. It hurts. I have to try and stay positive. Uh, go Braves. The, the Braves <laughs> are, the, are the one He's thing. He's changing like. sports on us. You know, Code Red. Code Red. <laughs> you know, we just won the division, and I'm I'm feeling a World Series coming our way. Uh-huh. Uh, the Falcons lost, too, so that's why I brought up the Braves. But, right. Uh, yeah, uh, tough weekend, Connor, but, you know, we got to stay positive going forward. That's right. And, and uh, you know, I had also suffered a loss this weekend to remedy myself. I actually flew down to L.A., catch some rays. Granted, I flew down there Friday. I guess I knew I was going to lose subconsciously. Um, was able to see Jack, unfortunately, miss Coop due to some family obligations. Um, but picking my spirits right back up, honestly. I'm, I'm ready for week four. I think the sunshine got to me. I, I mean, we're, we're still in it. Do not count us out. We're one and two, yes, but still a lot of fantasy football to be played, fellas. Right. And on that note, I think it's safe to say no one's out of it because undefeated no more anyone in the Luke. Yeah, Randall suffers his first loss, and as we'll be talking about, I'm sure will be a theme of the episode, Paul Sheffield, noted <laughs> defeated team in the Good first you, two buddy. weeks, Good uh, picks up a huge win. Um, more to come on that, of course, shortly. But I want to start, actually, normally we dive in with the recent NFL news, but some huge trades happened late last week after our Thursday, our special Thursday episode that we weren't able to uh, capture before the NFL weekend. Um, Tyler and Kyle... I want to start over with Bag and Saw, Agent Double Eleven yep. here on my left. Yep. Uh, you were involved in one of those, that being you and Derek uh, striking a deal. DeAndre Hopkins and who was that uh, added piece? Um, it was actually just straight up for DeAndre Hopkins, and I picked up uh, Royce Freeman off the free agent. Oh, wire. Uh, right, from Derek's tra- yes. dropping. But I kind of kept that on the low as it, hoping no one would do it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. There's some, there's some sneaky, that yeah. smart dealership uh, there by Ty. So it sounds like... Connor, it, honestly, blame Connor because he went ahead and put 
uh, Royce Freeman in the trade news on the group chat, and I was thinking about correcting him, but I figured I wouldn't and just try and sneak him up out of the wire. God <laughs> damn. That's a big mistake on Commissioner's Commission's part because when I looked at the trade, I thought he was fully included. Not that um, he's amazing, but I, it's a nice I to mean, have I mean, that's someone spot, everyone would have tried to pick up. I but mean, anyway, I traded Le'Veon Bell. Uh, for the New York Jets, Calvin Ridley for the Atlanta Falcons this week for DeAndre Hopkins, which I think we both won. I was the one who initiated trade talks with Derek. Originally, I offered DeAndre Hopkins, or no, sorry, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Cortland Sutton, and then Derek wanted Ridley, understandable. Good job, Derek. Yep, so uh, I went ahead and pulled the trigger on that, and Derek was happy with it as well, so hopefully it works out for the both of us. And, and I, I think, Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on that. With Tyler picking up star power, Derek maybe adding more week-to-week consistency into his lineup. What are your thoughts when you see a trade like that transpire in the Lug? At first, I didn't really know what to think about this trade. I couldn't really decide who I felt like who won that trade. I had to stare at it for a while. And I don't really think there is a winner. I think Tyler kind of, you said it best, I think it works for both your guys' teams. Um Personally, I think I'd rather have DeAndre Hopkins in that deal. So I'm going to side with Tyler, but that's not to say that I think it was a bad deal for Derek by any means. Uh, I just think DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best fantasy receiver you can own. So I think anytime you can have him, that's that's really exciting. I know he hasn't he had a really good week one, I believe, but has yep. kind of slowed down yep. for the next couple weeks. But I, I wouldn't be worried. I mean, that happens in fantasy. My, my thought around it all was I wasn't a big fan of a Jets player uh i don't like the jets at all actually they're horrible and then with their quarterback situation it's a tough deal and the offensive line is kind of weak so that was my opinion granted he put up 20 points for me week one and two he kind of underwhelmed for Derek this week but at any mean, point you can get deandre number one receiver and i got pat yeah. mahomes number one qb i wanted to pair that up yeah and i still for Derek to defend him i mean Le'Veon is getting an insane workload he is so that's why i'd be really excited with it because i don't really if you're on a bad team and you're an elite running back and you're going to get 15 plus carries, which we all know he's going to, you're still going to put up big numbers. Uh, yeah. Like your, your low, you like your floor is essentially like 10 points. Cause if you're going to get that many carries, like there's such a high chance one, you'll get a touchdown, which immediately gives you six. Yep. And two, if you're a really good running back, you're going to get like 70, 80 yards. And then I, so injury crept into my mind because of that thought I had. Yeah. So yeah. just knowing Jets' luck and stuff, I was like, okay, watch Le'Veon get hurt now after everything that's gone down. And but anyway, sometimes I think, when you're feeling that juju, yeah. you kind of got to. I, I felt the juju, right? So, and sometimes I mean, you got to trust that and just get rid of that piece. And I had a similar situation, except I didn't have to feel the juju. Yep. It was sent to me um, via ESPN alert as Antonio I like how Brown you have to lead in with it was sent to you because we all. Are suspicious of Connor and his wheeling and dealing strategies. I don't. Okay, so <laughs> more, more curious of Cooper's strategy. Here we go. Well, so let's, let's get into it. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the second trade that happened this week. Um, maybe a little more controversial. It seemed like by the reaction in the group message, but that was between myself and Cooper. Cooper initiating the trade talks in this ordeal. Um, Nick Chubb, Antonio Brown, and Alshon Jeffrey head over to Cooper Sprunk. Hey, would you blow me, comma Paul? Um, <laughs> Hilarious name. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> question mark. Oh, <laughs> it's a question Polite. to he Paul Sheffield blood. directly. Um, and then uh, I received in that deal, man, it's hard to even remember. It's Matt Breida, Mike Williams, um, a little you. guy named Adam Thielen. And I believe the last guy would be Kirion Johnson running back for the Detroit yeah. Lions. Um, I, I will say I know 
everyone wants to skewer me for this and and Cooper rightly so. Say what you will. Cooper's two and one. I'm one and two. So yeah, it, I'm gonna jump in right there, Con, because uh, <laughs> I want you to justify this as much as you can. the The trade is clearly lopsided in Connor's direction here, and I'll explain why. I know Antonio Brown was included in that deal, and he I think technically was still on a team at the at that time. Actually, I, he he was not. Okay, <laughs> he was, he was this not. was after he was released. So, so everything to me, was that on makes the it table. Even more ridiculous. If if there had like since last week when Antonio showed that he was going to be pretty effective, in New England got a touchdown in his first game. I think if that situation remained constant, this situation this trade would actually probably still be a little bit more in favor of Connor, but it would be a lot more understandable. I mean, Connor got Adam Thielen and on Johnson essentially for Nick Chubb. That's the way I look at it. Uh, that's that's taking the top ends of the trade and comparing them and getting rid of the excess, which would be Mike Williams, Matt Breida, Alshon Jeffrey, the other guys involved. I just don't really know what Cooper was thinking. I know he mentioned on first and 10 last pod that he you know makes his trade deals based off excitement, which I, I can't. I, I'm not going to critique him, but that, that's what that he wants here? to do. Is that what you're I saying? He, it felt good making he, the trade. I'm I think not he lie. Maybe, it felt great for me, too. It was just fun. It was yeah. just a good It was time. a little <laughs> too much for Coop this time, and I, I hope it works out for him. Like I don't want it to just be a huge lopsided my, trade, but I, 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 yeah. Do you, go ahead. Hey, my two cents on it real quick was that I think Connor got more consistent fantasy points from the players he received rather than Cooper. So carry on Johnson and Adam Thielen, in my mind, will put up uh, a good amount of points each week where your other guys, he's going to have to make good, smart, educated, like spot starts. And then he can like utilize their value. But like, how often are you going to put Matt Breida in your lineup? And then he's going to have 25 on your bench, you know, like, yeah. Right. Well, Connor, you gave up an RB two in Nick Chubb for an RB two and carry on Johnson. And then you gave up Alshon Jeffrey, who's a flex upside wide receiver two for yep. a wide receiver two arguably wide receiver one in Adam Thielen. Yes. He's put up wide receiver one numbers last year, or he did last year, and so far this year he and has. And surprising because I thought Cooper was trying to Thiel it. So. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's what he made the trade with me. Is he wanted so, Adam Thielen so bad. So, so yeah. just two quick things. I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole because I'm sure we could talk forever. But um, I think you're, everything that's been said is pretty accurate, except I think one thing here is that what Coop is – I think his point of view here was that he's not a guy that has ever in his history as a fantasy owner played the matchup game super well. And so I think he was going for maybe sacrificing bench guys that he would have to pick and choose for a more consistent um, starting base. The mistake, I think, if you were to criticize him, would be adding Thielen in, which uh, was definitely something I requested when I sent it back to him um, and was surprised to see accepted. Uh, but overall, I think you could argue the way I don't think Nick Chubb is going to be that much better than Kerryon Johnson. But if you're looking at just week three, even the first couple weeks, uh, neither of them have exploded yet. And they're kind of similar in Kerryon Johnson, 20 carries, 36 yards, one touchdown. Nick Chubb, like 24 carries and four catches for 95 yards and I don't know if he got in the end zone or not I'm not trying to justify that it was an even deal or whatever everyone's gonna have their opinion on that but I am saying like I think Cooper was going for I think he sacrificed a little too much but was going for consistent workload guys that he didn't have to worry too much about matchups he could just bell cow in and go I think Thielen was the part where it, it might have tilted in my favor quite a yeah. bit I just see Thielen as that guy as that guy that you can I play think, every week where I think you that's know a good argument get six or seven catches um I will say also don't don't criticize Coop for Antonio Brown that was really just a throw-in like in case he plays again then Cooper gets that piece whether you think that's right that he 
was comfortable just adding that as a throw-in. That's a different argument, but he wasn't doing that thinking he was going to be a wide receiver one. He In our conversation, we were very clear that it was like, well, if he plays again, then you get that talent in your lineup. And, Odds are he's not going to play again. And to be maybe honest. he's just a big Eagles guy right now and wants to pair Carson Wentz with his best receiver. So, I mean, it, it could and work out in that. his favor. I just We just had to bring up every arguing point that we could. Right, but, of uh, course. And, and I feel like I'm at a disadvantage when it comes to trades. I feel like everyone thinks so, I'm yeah, swindling. Yeah, no, Connor everyone gets fucked. Every, he cheats every time. I don't, okay. Yeah, we well, all know that. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, let's quickly run through some NFL news, uh, and then we'll head on to our next segment since we ran a little long there. But... I think the main thing we need to talk about just shortly is the NFL QB backup or the NFL backup QB epidemic uh-huh. ha- happening right now, as well as specifically Daniel Jones getting a comeback win in his uh, first starting action for the New York football giants subplot to yep. that. Saquon Barkley goes down. We'll save that discussion maybe for when we cover Randall's game yep. um, this week, but Ty backup QB epidemic. You've lived it with Tony Romo and this, that yep. kind of phase with uh-huh. the Dallas Cowboys. What would you feel like right now if you have a Teddy Bridgewater taking the helm, Gardner Minshew, those kind of guys? Yeah, all I can say is that it's uh, as a fan of that team, it's refreshing and fun to root for a young guy who is making some plays. Yeah, he's going through some struggling times and making a uh, trying to improve, you know, and show what he's got but it's more fun than watching an Eli Manning strut around and getting leveled and not be able to make any passes I think watching Dak this whole time and now like him sort of come to success some people uh uh polish faster like Patrick Mahomes but it's fun yeah and and sometimes it's about finding the right system too maybe in Dak's case um (laughs) Kyle kind of the same similar question um, when you're supporting that fan base, though, is it somewhat disheartening if a Teddy Bridgewater takes the helm or at that point, you know, if you're in the position of a Saints fan here, them being in the Falcons division, are you a little encouraged because you did spend a extra money on your backup quarterback and now essentially what you should have is somewhat of a safety valve that can patch you together until Drew Brees returns to the lineup here in six weeks or so? What's your outlook when you're in kind of the veteran backup phase? I think obviously having a guy like Bridgewater's it's worth the money in in situations like these but in terms of all these backup quarterbacks that we're seeing play now I think the Saints are di- in a different situation in the sense that it's it is actually injury related like Cam Newton and having Kyle Allen start like I know Cam was injured but Cam's also sucked he's like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's like 0 and 8 in his quote last unquote, eight starts injured like he's yeah. he's just not good so and that's same with uh, the Giants. Eli Manning is just yeah. not good. Uh, so I guess the Steelers are the same as the Saints in the sense uh-huh. that it's due to an injury. So it, it, it's definitely exciting in general to kind of see like a new wave of quarterbacks come in. Like I wouldn't really consider Teddy Bridgewater a part of that wave because he's a backup and Drew Brees is the starter. Like let's yeah. be real. When Drew Brees is healthy, he's going to play. Yep. Um, but it, it, but it's definitely exciting in general like for the league to finally get a new wave of quarterbacks because it has felt like we've had the same guys – for the last 10, 12 years almost. We talked about um, it last pod too. Yeah, we touched right. on that, but it is exciting to finally get a new wave. And I was actually listening to, uh, who was it? Was it Colin Cowherd or someone like that this morning? And he's saying that like a lot of these younger quarterbacks are showing that they're a lot more ready than the media almost perceives, where they're like, oh, this guy got drafted in the first round. He's going to sit 
year one, maybe sit a couple years and then play. Like, these guys are showing that they're ready to play now. Like, Kyle Allen is the perfect example in Carolina. Like, who even really knew him leading into the, coming into the season? Uh-huh. In his first game, he throws four touchdown passes in an offense that hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in, like, five games. I mean, we're watching a sucks. game right now that should have a rookie QB in and well, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, Case Keenum is just looking atrocious. And I, I, he, I think Dwayne Haskins will be playing by the end of this year if – and, I think you will too. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point you were uh, getting at there in Washington being the one outlier kind of left in the league that I can think of off the top of my head where they're doing the way to Denver as well. Who's their backup? Their backup Drew is. Locke. Oh, oh right. They're waiting for Drew Locke to get back from injury, though, and then I yeah. think he's coming in. Me too. Um, but anyway, I think I think right now Washington, and I'm with Kyle, I think Haskins will start soon enough, but right now is the one team kind of still doing the one-year wait game that you saw with Mahomes and guys, you know, and, and you've seen in the NFL yep. history, I should uh-huh. say. Um, but I think facts are starting to show that you might as well throw the rookie in pretty quick and I mean, just get the bruises out of the way in year one because if you don't, they're going to come in year two regardless. It's true, but also the Redskins could be, see, could be so bad that their line is just... And, and you protecting you an asset, guy, right? Yeah. Okay. And I, I think that uh, might be the right argument in this situation. Um, but with that, let's wrap up the recent news and review what happened in the Lug in week three. As we mentioned, no more undefeated teams, no more defeated teams. And what has proven to be the most even split start, I think, between all 10 teams uh, scoring-wise in Lug history, that's totally with zero facts, just kind of off a feeling but i think the other owners would agree. sure feels right yeah it sure feels right and and this week was no different um surprising teams either put up massive points we're talking over 140 and a half point ppr or teams were somewhat not underwhelming but living in the 80s a little bit there are very few of those 95 to 110 teams um in week three so really that doesn't help us i don't think a ton for how we uh project going forward it it is weird though because i feel like in years past and i know we just switched to the half point ppr last year but even last year i felt like if you put up you know 85 to 95 points not a great week but not a bad week but now it's getting to the point where like you need to put up 100 points or it's I, I don't it just seems like that's become if, the not the norm but it, like if you want to win you need to be putting up over 100 points which I find kind of interesting maybe we're just getting better at drafting teams I don't know that uh, I also think you have to look at the NFL changing rules to favor the offense and more that's, points that's being scored point. on that's average in the games themselves and yep. and that resulting in that's fantasy points point. yeah um, but you are right that's a trend I've noticed as well as that I've gotten to it like even this week, and let's just dive right into the first matchup of in week three that we're reviewing, yep. and that's that's me versus Derek. And I want to talk quickly about my team, but then spend most of the time on Derek's team, who just put a boot stomping on me. Um, but this was one of those weeks, to your point, where I started off and I felt great because I was trending right towards where I ended up, like 108, uh, 110, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to be right in the market for a win. And then... Sure enough, uh, Kenny Galladay puts up a two. I mean, I still got to 108, so I'm, I'm in an okay spot, but Derek throws down a 144. And the one thing I want to say about uh, my team's performance this week is, I was saying at pre-pod, I think this is almost the kind of loss, if you have to take a loss, this is a good one to take because it's me putting up a, an amount of points that I'm very comfortable with, with a lackluster performance from my best wide receiver in my lineup. Well, debatably with Thielen now, but... Um, and and I, I feel comfortable. I feel like if I can do that weekly, I should be the benefactor in a lot of matchups. And then um, 
to be able to kind of chalk it up to Derek throwing up a 144. And if you go through my lineup, there was no combination of players that could have beat his lineup. It's easier to swallow. One and two is extremely scary. Now let's get to Derek's team. That's all. Yep. Unless yeah. anyone has I quick comments. I think the comments. most impressive thing about Derek... Sorry, I didn't mean to like just jump no, in. Right no, there. no, no. Uh, you guys go. I think the best thing for Derek is, one, he played Mason Rudolph, who only put up 13 points, and for a quarterback we know is not great. I mean, not terrible, but not great. Yep. And then he also only had seven from Le'Veon. Yep. So, and he still put up almost 145 <laughs> points. So I think... Derek, like honestly, Derek picking up Frank Gore and him talking about that in the last podcast, I I kind of heard that and I kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, ah, that that's kind of like a BS thing to say. But then, sure enough, he put up 15 points. Yep. So and Austin Hooper getting two touchdowns obviously really hurts. Uh, Derek's team and it seems to be the trend. Obviously, is like they're putting up a lot of touchdowns. And when you score touchdowns, you're going to put up a shit ton of points. And that's what his team did this week. Yep. Uh, honestly, that trade that he did with me, trading away DeAndre Hopkins, allowed him to have Keenan Allen and, both, and Tyler Lockett both go off for big days. And then, honestly, Frank Gore went with for more than Hopkins as well. So, I mean, Derek has a deep team, and it got even deeper with adding Le'Veon Bell and Calvin Ridley. So, Derek's definitely trending upwards. And... Uh, he should be uh, happy about what he's got going on right now. And and I want to give a spot of credit Der- uh, to Derek here, who takes a ton of crap usually in the league in general for being one of our historically least winning owners. With that Frank Gore move, with some of the trades he's done, you're definitely seeing that talent and that ownership prowess increase week by week, year by year. And He's got four really He's definitely a threat. I mean, he, that's what I was just going to say. He's a threat, and you look at what Tyler was saying with the trade and allowing Keenan Allen Lockett in his lineup for, obviously, a outlier of a week. But, I mean, gets good, talented guys in his lineup while adding some depth. And one person we need to address, Derrick Henry has been the leading rusher in the NFL his that since the last seven games, dating back to last year. It's bullshit, man. It is bullshit because you yeah, had him all last year bullshit. and he sucks. But he, I was watching that horrid Thursday night game between the Jags and Titans, and um, they were talking before the game about how Derrick Henry himself has says, it's not... It's not a fluke. He is seeing the field differently. He's running more physically, and it's something him and his running backs coach, who I forget the name, have kind of unlocked. So what a little look, bitch. Look, <laughs> look for Derek Henry. The dude is freaking predator. If you <laughs> he is so I, scary, so scary like, looking. <laughs> cast him in the movie now. I know. Yeah, he really honestly, is. he really is. Who's that rock guy from the Avengers? He looks like that guy. Yeah. Um, uh, let's move on to our next matchup. That was Tyler versus Jack Ty. Unfortunately, the lowest score in the league this week, um, allowing Jack to steamroll another guy who put up big points, thanks in part to this Monday night performance from Chicago Bears defense. Uh, Jack goes for, I believe, 122 or 123-ish. 121 right 121, now. 121 right 121. Now. Yeah, I had two guesses at it. Um, Tyler only... Go ahead. I don't want to miss yep, this one. All right. 77 uh, and a half? 72.5. Oh, God, I missed twice. Uh, Ty, what, what happened this week? No touchdowns in my lineup. Randall Cobb had an 85-yarder re- re- uh, called back on a flag. Not that it would matter anyways because it wouldn't get me anywhere near where Jack is at right now. Uh, it's really tough to see my team like this. I really need to get uh, Tyreek Hill back and healthy. <laughs> and then I need Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs to perform a little better. After getting rid of Le'Veon, I'm relying on them more. And as of right now, it's not uh, not a good sign. So Oakland's not doing so well, which is hurting Jacob's value. Um, but I'm going to need to look for some options on the waiver wire and try and get myself back in order. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. And Kyle, on Jack's side, 
Um, what trend were you seeing this week that allowed him to move to two and one and withstand his position as one of the top owners in the league here in the 2019 season? Um, T.Y. Hilton has been huge for him. I think that's three straight weeks where he's put up pretty big numbers. Uh, Touchdown which, in all three weeks yeah, too, right? I, I yeah. honestly, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I don't think anybody really. I talked shit was about happen. it. Yeah, I literally before the season was like T.Y. Hilton is going to decline because Andrew Luck's gone. Yeah, and here which I Jacoby am. has yep. proven eating those that he's words. Pretty solid. Yep. I mean, Jack putting up one twenty one with you know only a combined eight and a half points from his running back and seven from Devontae Adams. I mean, pretty impressive. In I, a word, terrifying. I still, <laughs> I'm still really upset at myself and the rest of the league for allowing him to snag Julio Jones in the second round because that's just making his team so dominant in the, from a rec- receiver perspective. And Deshaun Watson at, at the helm, his team is just terrible. His team can put up huge points every week purely from his receivers and his quarterback, which normally I would say, oh, you have no running backs like you're going to have a tough year to stay consistent. But no, he has three dominant receivers and a dominant quarterback, which means he can score over 100 And, and that's week. why I have hope for my team and DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill once they're back healthy. And then with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I'm hoping that I can ride them to a couple victories with uh, Eckler and Jacobs kind of backing them up. That's a good point. If You, you guys can, have similar teams, to be honest. If you yeah. can scratch yeah. out a couple wins in that mid-range when they're out, when Tyreek's kind of working his way back into the lineup, that would be big for you. And I, I agree. You do have similar teams to Jack. One thing, Jack and Randall, two, again, pretty yep. proven owners in the league. Uh, the, the little fun fact I have about them that Jack dropped on me this weekend that I think they uh, pulled the pulled the wool over all our eyes, all the rest of our league. They now, between the two, have the next six Miami Dolphin defensive opponents um, on their bench or in their lineup. So... Look for them to get consistent 10-plus point performances from their defense as the Dolphins may be the worst team in the history of the NFL this season. Um, I I thought that was an interesting – Jack let me know that. He was like, yeah, me and Randall were talking, and no one's addressed it yet, but we have the next six Miami Dolphin opponents. What does that mean? Like – the, their next six opponent, or like, how is that a benefit? Like, like, like Jack Chicago defense is playing Miami next week. I think, or yeah, that's I'm what he made by it. that comment. I'm not understanding. That's what he. And then his Washington defense, and then his Jet defense, because he has three defenses on his. Is it, that's yeah, exactly right. Okay, that's exactly that right. That so, is? so right. sorry to clarify. Between the two of them, I think they each have three defenses on their roster, and those six defenses, all rostered by the two teams, play the Dolphins within the next six weeks. They're the next six opponents for the Miami Dolphins and that horrible offense that has just been legendary yeah. like like uh, historically bad um dude Josh Rosen he's gonna he's gonna get together uh, yeah it's, it's, it, <laughs> it doesn't even matter he's gonna get seven, ruined by they, the NFL they, they don't have anyone else on their team so no matter how good he plays I don't really think it's gonna make it just so everyone is aware Josh Rosen is gonna be the modern day or I guess it's still modern day but he is Matt Schaub I mean like he or, I mean uh, sorry David Carr not David Derek, Carr. David okay. Carr, yep. um, the original Houston Texans QB where he's actually maybe okay, but that he never plays for a good line and just gets yep. injured every game. Um, that would suck. That, yeah, that just would getting suck. hit by big guys. <laughs> he's like, put in fist magic, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle versus David. David put up. I mean, David, this Kyle, you were texting around like, 12 a or p.m well Pacific all my players t- played at 10 so right yeah. and you were texting by t- by noon saying like damn david good game good win this week so <laughs> this this was a dreary one for you to say the least what was going through your mind sunday um as you, that transpired you know it's, it's been kind of tough and i'm gonna take because i'm on this podcast i have a platform to talk about my own team so i'm gonna say like one thing real quick 
But the, I, I've stared at my team these first three weeks, and I just haven't really understood. What, like, I'm one and two. I got a win last week with, like, 90-something points, but I haven't put up over 100 Fuck points you. yet. And I, I'm staring at my team. I'm like, why is my team not putting up a ton of points? We, there's so many big names. And I, I, I'm realizing, like, collectively as a team, I haven't really scored very many touchdowns. I scored three, two, and three as a, as a on a team basis these first three weeks. And I'm still putting up over 90 points. I had 80, 89 and a half, so almost over 90 points each, each week. So that means my team is getting production. They're getting the touches, receptions. Aaron Rodgers obviously a slow start. But I think, like, once we start getting in the end zone, my team obviously will start putting up bigger points. But... You know, that's just speculation on my end. And like I want you guys to tell me right now if I'm just missing something with my team, if if, if I'm like blind to something, but I, I'm still confident going forward, even though I'm really nervous going forward, if that makes sense. <laughs> I think one and two is always uncomfortable, but I, I'm a I'm still a big believer in your team. I think when you look at one of the stats I saw this weekend that proves what you were just saying is you know, you look at Zach Ertz uh fantasy output and you're kinda like, Oh wow, that's a risky, you know, flex play, but he also leads the NFL in targets. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of exactly what Kyle's saying. He hasn't gotten the in the end zone or gotten exactly all the payoff yet. But I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in consistent workload. If you're getting workload, then eventually numbers are going to start coming in terms of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, it seems to be an obvious statement, but you know, I never win. So fun. yeah, what do I know? Ty, what do you got? I mean, I think <laughs> Sammy kind of got hurt a little bit when Tyreek went out. Because now I, I don't think he's as effective as a number one. If that's what you're exactly, exactly. he's not yeah. a wide receiver one. He's yeah. a great wide uh-huh. receiver two. And three. then that's also hurting Kelsey because they can put a little more attention on him. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Zach Ertz just hasn't found the end zone. I think your team still has uh, the ability to put up yeah. huge numbers. I mean, I picked you for the highest score this week. Looking yeah. at it, I mean, you look at those guys and you're like, okay, big points, you know. Yeah. So hopefully that translates. Uh, I thought Zeke was going to have a better week for you too, but I mean, I mean he's still, still 114 without a touchdown, 125 <laughs> yards, man. Yeah. It's tough without. Uh, they're playing Tony Pollard a lot, especially when they when they're kicking ass. Yeah. yeah. So that, at the that end of the day, change. I would that go into change. every matchup confident, right. which which is nice because it's like I've been on teams past where like. I've won where I made the play two years ago, made the championship, and my team was not very good. And I was going in projecting like 90 points every week, but uh-huh. I still was finding ways to win. This year, it's like I'm projecting big points, but just not winning. And it's really frustrating. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, man. <laughs> and and on the other side, David throws up 147, and I'll kind of lead off on David's team. Um, one thing you love to see outside of that huge number is that it didn't really come from one spot. I see the defense, or I mean the uh, output from Mark Ingram with 33, obviously. Okay, you could justify that's an outbreak but i mean every he had double digits in every spot in his lineup except his defense 49ers finished with eight which is great for a defense i mean top uh, top end of most weeks in fantasy defense and then as we're watching monday night talking about the redskins their one good player is terry mclaurin who catches a touchdown sitting on david's bench yeah. last thing i'll say david has no one on his bench that would have outscored his starters, showing that he just nailed it this week. Way to go, David. Not to mention, Julian Edelman uh, didn't even play in the second half due to injury, and he still put up 15.5 points. So it could have just been... If, if Edelman think, played the second half, he could have put up over 160, potentially, with how many... David was they like... They threw to him seven, he had seven receptions yeah, in the first half. He was that first team on Sunday morning that I was like, oh my God, who's already got 80 points on him? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Father, Mark just kept running in the end zone. I'm sitting there with 10, like, holy shit, what game, am I man. doing wrong? Like, what I know. the fuck? I know everyone else is looking around like, 
Should we be in well, it? I think I mentioned just really I have good. Justin Tucker as my kicker, and they were playing Kansas City, and the first time they were in the red zone, it was 0-0 game, and it was fourth and five, and they go for it because they're like, we're playing Kansas City, yeah. we got to put a point, so my kicker immediately and I think most people probably watched that Ravens-Chiefs game and watched Mark Ingram strolling there three times was nice. For That's David. a great oh, – and yeah, I mean, David, uh, again, I, I just want to make sure we are very clear that David, I think, yeah, his team went off, but he earned this one. The, the biggest factor to me is the fact that – I mean, he does hold a decent amount of like questionable guys on his bench, but still, at the same time, no mistakes, and that's hard to do. Um, so, a, a perfect game from David in terms of ownership in Week Three. Huge uh, that Juju had a good game with me. Yes, yeah. and, and I, well, and I think out, it's tough to say because he had that long reception, mm-hmm. it, which always skews things. Yeah, but that does. Yeah. but I think when you have a backup quarterback, the one thing you can always do is when in doubt, just lob it to your star receiver. And, and you know their their star is usually open for about one a game, you know, or at least one real opportunity. Well, yeah. and that's it, sorry, keep going. No, you just I mean he, they're all athletes, man. They can make the throws, so you yeah. just got to hope it lands. Exactly, and that's kind of what I was going. You can say you know the seventy six yard reception or whatever it was, but. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason he caught a 76-yard reception. because he's Juju Smith-Schuster. Exactly. I mean, it's not – James Washington did not catch that. So, no. that's – you know, like Tyler said, if it comes via that way or if it comes through four more catches that amount to the same yardage, yep. it's a lot of the times it's, via talent when you're talking about those happen. top ten guys. Yes. Um, let's move on to our next matchup here. Um, Cooper versus Randy. A shocking win for Coop after he receives – a ton of shit, I think, for the trade this week. Not really a ton. I shouldn't say that. Uh, no one, ton. no one was too hard on him, honestly. But no. at the same time, it's fun to see him back it up with a win um, and advance to two and one while de- taking down Randall in the process. Tyler, want to go to you here first? Yep. Randall looked vulnerable this week. He did. What are we thinking um, as future outlook for Tanner Tot? I think he'll make some moves in his lineup, but tough to see Barkley go down. Diggs is always a question mark uh, in, a, in a in a lineup, and then Godwin. He really alternates with Mike Evans there, so you really only get one productive receiver a week from a Tampa Bay wide receiver. That's a great but, point. Um, obviously, Randall still has a lot of upside, and we know what he can do as an owner. But there, Cooper. Cooper, I mean, I, I gave him some slack last week. I, I'm pretty sure I would have went with Randall on this one, but he comes and proves it. Nick Chubb has a good week for him, and uh, he gets some production out of Carson Wentz that was helpful. So I'm happy for him. Will Disley is a nice pickup, and... You know, he's got that New England defense. It's always looking strong. True. Kyle, what was your uh, takeaway from this matchup? Um, obviously, a down week from Randy, but I still like his team going forward. <laughs> I think uh, we all Losing do. Saquon really does hurt, but you can throw Devontae into an RB2 spot and probably still be okay. So four to eight um, weeks, who do you play at flex as Randy? Um, Tyler Boyd, probably. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Or usually, Tyrell he, Williams. Yeah, either one. I mean, he's started both of them, I think, yep. in the past, so... I, he's still fine when it comes to his lineup. One thing for Coop that I really like uh, that I'm surprised no one mentioned yet is that Daniel Jones was throwing to Sterling Shepard a lot, which means that trade Exclusively with Paul. almost. Because <laughs> uh, Paul, I think, dropped Robbie Anderson already. Yeah, and, Robbie's gone. I mean, Sterling Shepard, if he can be like that number one target in Daniel Jones, if he proves to be a decent quarterback, that's a huge weapon for him because – I think that's a really good flex play, depending on the matchup, and that really strengthens Cooper's team. I still don't like the trade he made with Connor, but good for him. He got the win. And yeah. and, and I think, although people don't like it, I think we will see that trade become a little more even once Alshon Jeffries back in the lineup producing. I think he's a really good receiver, and people tend to uh, overlook his output. This is not very consistent, but 
I, I, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, fair. I, I don't want to I don't want to yeah. try to argue that because I don't think I'd win. Uh, <laughs> you're you're right. He's not that consistent. No, but he's you can still start him every once in a while, which is kind of there's and, value, right? Right, and yeah. I think he's more so, more a fringe wide receiver too, more likely flex player. Right. So either way, um, Randy side. One more question I have for you. Obviously, it would be terrible if we didn't bring up Lamar Jackson in some capacity um, as he set the NFL ablaze. Keeps the Ra- the Ravens in the game late, but really kind of his first sign of. I, I don't want to say weakness by any means, but looking almost normal. Um, did, you guys, did you guys watch that game, by the way? I think Ty did. I was unfortunately, well, kind of unfortunate. I was at the Dodger game, so I was. Uh, I was. Well, that's fair. I was streaming some fantasy stats, but didn't get to see the live feed. But go for it. There was two plays, and this the reason why I remember this obviously is because fucking Mark Ingram. But uh, <laughs> so there were two plays where Lamar Jackson literally threw the ball across the field like on his oh, back foot i saw that. just up for grabs in two like two times they caught it inside like the yep. 10 yard line and then they got Bad a rushing passes, touchdown. but it worked and i and so he very easily could have had two ints um so to your point connor i think like his his fancy points look way better than they actually were because he still put up 20 points and that very easily could have been like 10 points if he had those two inters if those were two balls were picked so yeah, definitely the first time we've seen him, you know, not look as solid. But I don't want to look at one game out of the 10 no, no. out of the ten he's played and kind of you know bring his value down. I was just I, all I was getting at there is maybe we shouldn't depend on him to be right. Patrick Mahomes level in terms of fantasy output at the quarterback position. However, he probably will lead the quarterback position in rushing touchdowns, Guaranteed. which oh, yeah, yeah which gets you those two extra points per tutty and. Uh, that's that can really add up in the long run. So I don't think Randall's in too much trouble, but he will have to fight while Saquon's out. Um, yep. Which brings us to our last matchup in week three. <laughs> it's the one everyone was uh, keeping their eyeballs on after all the drama that unfolded between the Alpha and Beta boys. I won't specify who's who. Um, guys, <laughs> Paul pulls off a huge win against John Fishback. Um, we've been down on John's team, but I think it's safe to say this week was all about Paul's team. It wasn't a result of John's team. Paul comes out, earns me $5. We'll get to that. Um, by putting up the highest score in the league with 154? Five? 154. 154. Um, John, only able to muster. Hit me with that one. 81. 81. Yeah. And so this one wasn't really close. Um, in hindsight, I've seen Paul since strutting around. Just as big as ever. Oh, yeah. He's ready for a new season. Um, what do we think? Are we thinking it's a new season for Paul, or was this a one-off? I think he's got a good chance at having a good season. Uh, I know I haven't... I just want to blame my enthusiasm on Paul's hatred this pod on my sickness. If I was feeling much better, he would definitely be getting more slack from me. That's fair. But, you, everyone's allowed one sick I mean, day, the so we'll give you this down. one. But no, I mean, if I'm Paul, I'm happy to finally see Mike Evans go and do his thing. We know what we know he's capable of. I mean, 41 will really bring anyone to a win. Uh, but uh, Christian McCaffrey doing his thing, and same with Cooper Cup. If I'm Paul, I'm happy. Uh and then John, I'm sad. I mean, John, I'm be, I'd be curious to see what his high scoring game was this year, but it can't be too high. I mean, constantly we're seeing John down here in the low numbers. Unfortunately, he probably doesn't give a shit because he's living in Thailand and enjoying life. But <laughs> I think he cares a little. No, no he, he, cares. he cares. It affects the day to day. It has to. Um, and I'm I'm right down there with him with the low points. So I, I feel his pain if he has it. Oh, but, trust me, I'm low scorer this week. Um, I know. To to Paul's team though. 
obviously a huge week and he should be very excited. And I'm not and I'm not saying this as like a as a thing for him to be worried about, but it's definitely just something to consider is that almost everyone on his team kind of had a huge week. Not everyone, but his main players all had a huge week, which can be a little scary just because like that's not going to happen every week, but that I mean you still put up 154s and you really only need to put up over 100 points to be contending every week. Yep. Um but you know, Mike Evans is not going to score three touchdowns most games. Uh, Cooper Cup, actually, he might keep putting up those numbers because he's targeted I mean, an Mike, awful lot. I think he will. Yeah. Uh, overall, Paul's team, like we give him crap and all that. His team is decent, um, and it's I fun. do think I do think he's going to be just as competitive as everyone else. Yeah, he's one of the. I mean, it's fun to watch him lose. <laughs> well, yeah. But, well, when you're when you're the shit talker, you have to you know wear yeah. that on your sleeve. Where so it's nice for him to finally back it up, but not even acknowledging the ass kicking he got last week was a little bit upsetting on the Thursday. Yeah. You were a little disappointed. I by was. That. I mean, yeah. he's just like he I'm looking forward to beginnings. next week. I mean, you you can't talk all this smack and not even mention or even bring up or and maybe even a congratulations. Right, uh, Tyler, you did so good last week. Yeah, Tanks would have been nice. Right. I mean, that that is a good point. Um. When we're looking at John's team, I think the conversation always has to revolve around Todd Gurley. I mean, four yeah, points this tough, week. On it's really hard to see. No receptions as well, which is interesting because, Kyle, you you could speak to this probably best. Um, Todd Gurley was always a weapon these past two dominant fantasies, fantasy seasons in the screen game. It was almost one of his best attributes was how much they utilized him in that screen pass game. And to see him get zero receptions um, in a close game, a surprisingly close game this week was, I mean, very concerning, not to mention, I think, 43 yards 40 on like 15 yards. carries. So what I are we thinking? Definitely, definitely scary. Um, I, I'm confused. Is you had him last better. year. I, I'm genuinely confused because if he's healthy, why are they not using him in the same well, way? I know they're 3-0, and so I mean, they do have that going for them, but... Like, Todd Gurley was just so freaking good in every aspect of being a running back, and all of a sudden his workload is just... For for no reason, no explanation has just kind of gone away, and I so don't really understand. Either they're using him as a decoy, or the injury is real. Because I don't, I don't because he did. That, so why well would they at, be playing him if he's injured? Why would they just not let him heal right now and then let him get to a hundred percent? Well, maybe healthy? he has one of these injuries where you can't come back to a hundred percent. You know, maybe you, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I, something where you can't be yourself again. It it also does seem like it might not revolve solely around him. I think McVay's had a rough start to the season calling plays. Uh, their there offense does not look like it's in gear the same way it was a lot of points last season um they're three and oh they're gonna be in the playoffs they're gonna be a great team they're a super bowl contender i'm just saying for all the praise he gets i think he has somewhat struggled in this early season with play calling i don't really know why Ty, so yeah i mean does that have to do with some of jared goff's ability because you notice how mcveigh's so. in his ear not really letting him play the game you know he's not really like getting in the flow where you watch all these other quarterbacks and they're just letting it flow get up to the line get up to the line audible this audible that kill if you want to run and then so it's not as much what jared's seeing it's what sean's seeing from the side and and i think a lot of that comes from well, I don't know if it comes from this, but it strikes me that McVeigh would like to, as everyone would, of course, but really like to establish kind of a Brady-Belichick relationship between Goff and himself in terms of let's have the same brain on the field, let's let's be a system and a great quarterback. But right, I think we're seeing a, a rough patch right now. Uh -huh. I think it, I think to your point, maybe Goff doesn't feel like or doesn't trust himself enough because he hasn't had a lot of freedom and yeah. maybe got or uh, mcveigh's questioned himself too because he hasn't been able to make it past the uh 
the likes of, who did they lose to? So, uh, Belichick. I mean, they lost Belichick. in the, they so, did get to the Super Bowl, but you're right. They, he, it, it does seem like he has been somewhat, I don't want to say rattled, but uh, I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at since the Super Bowl, which is only these three games. Yeah. He has seemed like a different coach, a little swagger missing. They're both a young little. still in a lot of time, but we might be reading too much into it. It's just are. an observation. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of wraps up, uh, Week. Let me let me scroll down. I got to give Paul props just because. Yeah. Oh wait, I did want to say. Sorry. Last thing about Paul's team. Um, just since I don't th- want to say I'm on his team by any means, but I did pick him for the high score. Was that? I think going forward, the Mike Evans thing, like Tyler said, I think that was a really interesting point that I hadn't even thought of. Is that one Tampa Bay receiver will be good each week? That's a little scary, but I almost think some of Paul's guys have underperformed to this point. That being um, the likes of. A guy like well, I guess even not, Kittle. I mean, no, I was kind of thinking Kittle. Philip Lindsay finally had his first big week, so it's tough to say that now. Marlon Mack's been consistent, in, but if Philip Lindsay returns to the player he was last year, and then Christian Kirk continues the double digit output, I think Paul might have a couple more options, and wouldn't be surprised to see him finish a little better than the 2018 season at least, yep. <laughs> the two and ten yep. um, dismantling we saw last year. With that, I think we should take a quick break. And bring in the very man himself. Yes, I'm, I'm going to give it to you a little early. Joining us live in Spud Studios tonight is Paul Sheffield for First in 10. You know it's going to be interesting. You know it's going to get loud. We'll be back shortly. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the from the coat. left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. And we're back. Now joining us live in Spud Studios for the first time ever, a live first and 10 segment. It is Paul the Prophet Sheffield. Paul has been, as you all know, ridiculed the past couple of weeks, starting off 0-2 following a very challenging, let's say, 2018 campaign as an owner. But nonetheless, Paul, you put up the highest number of points in the league this week, uh, 154, in a defining win for your team. Um it's safe to say you made your statement Thursday, but I don't think it resonated with the league until Sunday. How does it feel coming fresh off a win before we dive into first and 10? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It feels fantastic, but it's just a win for me. Just expect this to continue to happen throughout the season. Uh, I'm going to continue playing hard. Uh, I think my, my pep talk that I gave my players, specifically Mike Evans before the game, uh, turned into be useful. And so I'm just, I, I'm stoked for the rest of the season and I hope I'm taking it a little bit more seriously. It was one handsy pep talk I hear. Um, I want to dive right into first and 10. Kyle, Tyler, yep. you know the structure, Paul. I do. We've I know you're quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you not, to, neither of you have said a word since Paul's actually, entered this room. Uh, what were you saying? Next time? I, I have a compliment for Paul before I start shit talking. Wow. Um, I just need the Luke to know that he used his fantasy football success as being the top scorer in order to kind of help him talk to a girl that we just saw. On that Instagram. is true. So, that, wow. so. <laughs> Fantasy gives me confidence. So I, I, I I think it. it was I magical. It. it was. Yeah. I mean, first we hear about Jack's magic fart dust, and yeah. now apparently fantasy football leading Paul to a yeah. little romantic connection himself. That's that's phenomenal. I mean, that's just what it's all about. That's why we sign Moving up on, on. ES- right. We sign up on ESPN <laughs> for the relationships. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Let's dive right in. There's no moving on in this room, Paul. This is we don't hold back in here. It's no. it's it's first and ten for a reason. You know how it goes. We yep. ask questions, you answer, and then you get to ramble for four minutes. Right. It's very structured for a reason. All right, yep. let's go. Tyler, <laughs> kick us off. Two minutes being set on the clock as you ask. Yep. So, first of all, Lug and Paul, all of the shit talk that you have received has been earned, and all the ridicule that you have also received has been earned for going 0-2. So, now that you are 1-2, you have a little bit of credibility, and with all the shit talk that you do talk, how do you deal with the mental aspect of it all, like not really being able to back it up? <laughs> I, I feel like I backed it up this past week. I, I, I like to, especially early on in the league, um, to let my uh, trash talking maybe get the best of me uh-huh. and, and let, it, let, let myself be torn down and others lifted up. And yep. I, I've alluded to this before, but one of the big things is the more someone else is lifted up, the harder they fall. Uh-huh. And I think John saw the brunt end of this this week. I, I, I remember specifically um, a text that was like, oh, might as well be a bye week for me. And uh, and I hope that bye week uh, served him well. It was more okay. like a bye John week. Here's Ooh. the other thing, Paul. You, you can't use the same criticism 10 times. And you can't just keep bringing up the same thing. How many times have we heard Paul say, Oh, I don't know. John didn't me. I mean, fuck, dude. Come up with something else, man. You you have the same shit every time. I need some creativity and originality. Hey, you can be creative when you've had the highest score this year, but so far, no one has surpassed 154 points. In fact, Kyle, wait, Kyle, have you gone more than 100 points this season? No, but I've oh, definitely okay, okay. been the leading scorer okay. in the league on multiple occasions and haven't acted. I'm not this. talking in the past. And, and speaking of stats, Paul. If we go back to last season, how many games? I mean, is, are you one in ten now? Like, is that where you're at? Like, cum- cumulative Ooh, it's getting back to here. last season. Uh, actually, if you look, I have around a 500 record. Thank you very much. No, okay, yes. no way. I had an 11 and one. Show season. me those stats. I had an 11 and one season. Paul, uh, we'll we'll aggregate that record. It's not near 500. It's closer Th- to 500. I, with and the also, like closer to 500 <laughs> than zero. I'm not. Yes. I'm not. I'm asking collectively. Are we counting that 11 and one season? Because I mean, you openly said we all heard you openly said that you were giving that championship to Joey. And remember, I was that like, is "Oh, not no, what I said." It, it I was said Joey drafted my team. No, that is not what you said. Everyone was in this room. He said that we can give that season to Joey. He's like, "I've said it once before. Like, it's fine. Whatever." You said it yourself. I mean, we can't count that eleven to one season. And so, are you going to make this your question, or do you have a question? No, no, no. I have and a actually, question. that's perfect timing yeah. because two minutes just expired. Kyle, keep it rolling. Okay, go ahead and hit us with Wait, your question. They're taking my two minutes. This is bullshit. That's they, a- they're talking over my two minutes. Damn it! I mean, Paul, you'll have your four minutes. It's a, it's a discussion. Okay, damn it! Let's go. Uh, my question is: So, Tyler, he yeah. leaked the the text messages from last week. We, we all know what they said. I don't know if I need to repeat them. I think you should. Something think along the lines of when you get a girl, which we apparently just found out you have His girlfriend's girl. my girlfriend. Tyler is allowed to do whatever she wants. Yeah. Like, that was one of them. There was others. I don't really need to get into it. Uh-huh. So, with that and those being released, how are you able to essentially keep your credibility as the shit talker after those things being said? And you didn't even bring those up on the podcast you did last week after didn't face it. You, you didn't even bring them up. You not, you haven't even really faced it face to face. So I, I'm just cu- curious, like what, where's your credibility at here as a shit talker? 
Like, explain to me why you're still the best shit talker in the league. Yeah, I, I've heard you ask the same question four times in a row now. So, uh, <laughs> I will go on to answer that question. Um, see, that's just, like, where some of my time gets taken up by just ramblers. No, no, the time okay, just okay, started. Okay, it just started. Great. When your first word. So, yeah, you're flustered. Maybe, maybe people weren't listening to the podcast clearly earlier on Thursday, and then today when I said, the higher you lift someone up, the harder they that fall. That doesn't address anything. How many times are you going to use the same thing? Because that's how the world works. It's... The higher you are lifted up, the further you fall. Let me let me ask you this Say question. Again, one more time. Let me no. Let me let me make okay. it a little bit What's more simple saying? for you. I'm making this more simple for Tyler so he can understand. Please. You go three steps up on a ladder yep. and you fall. <laughs> now, you go eight steps up on that same ladder and you fall. Now let's try. Let, You're let on me the just, ground both let, times. Let me let me just go one more time. It. You go 15 steps on said ladder and you fall. Which one do you think hurts the most, Tyler? Which one do you think hurts the most? Okay, 15 Paul, steps. But what happens? Thank you, Connor. Well, Paul, what, yes. thank you. What happens when you <laughs> lose and you go downstairs either, but like 10 steps as yourself? How many stairs have you gone down and then all of a sudden you get to go up one stair? <laughs> I'm so that confused. That doesn't even hurt me, though. That's <laughs> so, like, uh, to, to bring us back to rock bottom, You're in hell, Paul. So Paul, to, to bring you, it back, you to didn't even answer. Paul is in the basement. My question was not answered. I want to. I want to redo. On the clock, <laughs> why are? Why should we be taking your words with credibility going forward in this season? I don't know if you guys remember me saying the night is darkest just before the dawn, uh, and my team will rise up. But what did I do this week? I rose. You don't want to fall from a ladder. I'm just curious. Like, <laughs> I, he didn't answer the question. I'm confused. I feel like I'm getting interrogated here, and I thought this is the time. I, I think for Paul. I think that's exactly what you said. Into. That's how first and ten okay. works. Right now, you're on the verge of not getting a first down. Paul, I was just about to say you yeah. are just got sacked, bro. I yeah. literally, <laughs> have, I literally <laughs> about third and long, long, baby. I literally <laughs> answered all your damn questions. Alpha boys, <laughs> <laughs> and that wraps up zero Kyle. games. Zero games above 100, and he still calls himself an alpha. Now that is a beta. I move. didn't go two and ten last year. Oh. Bring it up the past. <laughs> and and <laughs> speaking of bringing up the past, I want to uh, pivot to my question here. Technically, um, me not getting 100 points is in the past, so that doesn't really, your argument fails. Sorry. No, it's Let's move to my question now. Um, Paul, speaking of the past, uh, you know, an obvious part of your legacy, legacy. is the 11 and 1 asterisks. Season where Joey Fishback drafted your team. There's a lot of debate about how that season then continued to transpire. You having a very dominant team. Should it be Joey? Should it be yours? I want to just bring it up pretty much and kind of give two minutes for you to give your side and maybe spark some more friendly debate between you, Kyle, and Tyler um, on that said season. Give you kind of two minutes to talk about it here. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's talk about... LeBron James Cavalier victory. First off, was is Ty Lue not a non-victor because of that? Is he not a world champion because of that victory? I don't know. I don't know, folks. That's how I feel about it. Here's what I think: the league, the league had nine. It wasn't opportunities. a tech issue. That was a vocal cord <laughs> that issue. That was a vocal cord <laughs> issue. The league Second had nine opportunities to say something about Joe. It was very clear that I would not be there that weekend and that I could pick whoever I wanted to draft my team. Did I pick a fantasy expert? No. Did I pick someone who I thought was way more knowledgeable? No, I picked one of the own league members' younger brother to draft my team. And the league is up in arms that this normal person 
drafted an unreal team for me. You guys had so many opportunities to say no, and it was totally fine at the moment. And I rose victorious that season by using the roster that he gave me as a foundation and took it into success through week 12. Do you uh, have... Uh, I just want to clarify. I don't know if there's factual basis there that Paul got to pick who it was or if we just said, hey, Joey's the only one available yeah, that's that a can draft lane. for you. No, I, pick, I picked Joey. In your account, you picked Joey. But, Tyler, what were you going to get so at So here's there? the thing. If, if you go back to the – are we if, the integrity of the league is on the line. And I w- I'm almost positive everyone who has owned their team has always drafted. Is that correct? That's true. There's one instance where that did not There's happen. There's one instance. So no matter what the case is, yes, and you, that still, was you still deserve a championship. But there's going to be a fat old asterisk right next yeah. to your the name. Not to mention, you that. said yourself that it was Joey's and, championship. And you said Hold we on, could put quote, an You said it out loud. So you guys could put an asterisk. I mean, okay. Barry Bonds still has the home run. No, he doesn't. So he still has, more, does. he still has hey, more home runs does. than anyone. So Look you at the record, but Basically, kiss your dreams of the Hall of Fame. Hey, anyways, let me go with this. So you guys can asterisk my championship. You guys can do whatever you want with that. But what I'm going to say here is maybe you guys are just shitty friends for picking a weekend that I couldn't draft with. Maybe this goes deeper than the Lug, and it goes to the friendships that I have with every single one of That's you where you're wrong. that you couldn't pick a weekend. Rumor has it that you received an invite a month beforehand and chose to be gone that Rumor Maybe you should look in the mirror. When you point at Ooh. someone, there's four finger three. Three fingers, it looks like. You're, Three fingers see, pointing not, right back at see, yourself. Not only, not a, another point here, Con. Now you're starting wars with the commish because honestly, that's a direct no. accusation at the commish because the commish schedules the timing. So it's a, is okay. there a rivalry to be smart in Connor? In, my, Connor? Older, in <laughs> my older age, I've become more even keeled as yeah. a commissioner. I can I can handle criticism. I can handle criticism. And, and to be fair, you're fucking I, wrong, yeah. but I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if I if I remember correctly, and my memory rarely is wrong. Uh, <laughs> There was multiple weekends where people couldn't do it, and I was at the point where I'm like, okay, like I'll take one for the team. I'll let someone else draft for me so everyone else can be there. Yeah, two, that's that's gonna that's gonna be the <laughs> two best minutes has expired. Minutes. Two minutes has expired. You're right. So um, as we enter fourth down, I think we need a little. Clo- Eric, is this still fourth and four? I, I, I want to know from long. Tyler. And Ty- I want to know from Tyler and Kyle what Paul's entering here because he's got know. he's got four minutes here to try to score himself a first down, and it sounds like limit. he's in danger. Doesn't of answer questions. Voice cracked. Uh-huh. I, I mean, we're I talking say, long here. This is this is a fourth and eight, and Paul, you're gonna have to make fourth it work. and eight. Yeah. That's generous. Freddie Kitchens, QB drawn, fourth yeah. and nine here. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, tell me about it. We Rough life for Browns hope fans. Not. All right, Paul, I'm gonna put four minutes on the clock, and you can have at it. Here we go. Fourth and eight this week. <laughs> that means I get eight minutes. So here I. You go. get four. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so actually, I want to take this away from the fantasy uh, world because this got a little uh, yeah. a little heated um, <laughs> as Kyle and Tyler were scrambling to figure out words to say. But um, <laughs> here, here's what I will say uh, today. So for for those of you who know me, I've always uh, I've always had some joint pain um, in my lower body, specifically in my ankle and my hip. So uh, this year, I finally took um, took ownership and decided to go try to figure out what was wrong. So. Uh, I go to the doctor's office, and apparently I went to the Tiger Twalton High School doctor's office this afternoon. Um, I, I, I won't use names here because yeah, that, that, that would be – we don't know if they're listening, but um, you know who you are. And first first person. One of the four million yeah, tuning in. First person. Oh, my gosh, Paul, how are you? Like, how are you doing? What are you doing here? Well, no shit. What am I doing here? I'm here to get my joints checked out. So 
First of all, I'm not doing yeah, it. You ever get a joint checkout? I'm not doing great. Um, so are already weird. <laughs> the doctor's are, office, already damn weird. it. That was a 12th in high school person. Next, going back to get my x-rays done. Next person um, walks in as I'm changing in the other room, which, mind you, these walls are very thin. And I hear a conversation said on the other side of the door. On the other door? side of the okay. wall, or other so side you're by yourself. I'm by okay, myself. Got it. Sorry. I'm by myself. And I hear a conversation. Wait, it says on his profile that he's he's 24. She goes, Yeah, he's 24. He goes, No, that was like an older older gentleman that walked. In. She's, like, <laughs> she's, oh. like, she's like, No, he's 24. He goes, No, that was like a big guy with like a mustache, and he was like balding. Like, <laughs> he goes, like he's not 24. And she goes, No, just go in there and, and check it out. And so next thing you know, this guy walks in there. He goes, Hi, Paul. I'm such and such and so and so, and I'm your like assistant. Blah blah blah. And then everything's good and dandy after I had heard this conversation. I'm like, you fucking think I'm an old person. <laughs> and, then, and then he leaves. And then he leaves. And then I hear still beyond the wall, he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. I used to play Little League with that kid. <laughs> so now we have two people that have just talked it up. <laughs> just and, absolutely then, and then she goes, she goes, yeah, you probably did. Um, he actually, do you remember the Tiger Bleachers uh, <laughs> on the Tiger Twelton football game? Well, he was the one that like instigated the entire thing, which I will not confirm nor deny publicly because apparently my words are used against me. Allegedly, here. well, you're yeah, easy to allegedly. blame. Yeah. And, and just some quick, quick context there. Uh, senior year for our group, um, everyone in the Luke, we were at our rival football game at the away Bleachers. Might have been losing the game. Might have been frustrated slightly, Doesn't and matter. somehow, some way. Bleachers on the visitor's side were completely destroyed via Somehow. bouncing and up and down. No one knows, no one knows who coordinated it. Nope. Paul, you've been allegedly I've accused. been allegedly accused. Sorry for being a good fan for my friends, whom I will say was your biggest supporter in high school, in all your sports. I won a championship together with Tyler. I was ba- the basketball team's biggest mm. fan. That's, that's that's true. Pretty true. Kyle, honestly. you're a good guy. <laughs> what are you gonna say to me? <laughs> I, was, I was actually really nervous right there. I was like, oh god, what does he have? <laughs> but I have done nothing but support my friends, and will continue to support my friends. And if my trash talk gets a little too hard for some of you, where you get butt hurt that you feel like you need to do on this podcast, just bring me down then so be it but you know what when you guys are down and you guys are hungry we're gonna fall from a fucking ladder i will will be i will be here for you i will be here for you kyle paul no i have a good thing to say though really quick uh what we did do was defeat connor 13 to 1 in the 12 year old little league championship that's what we did together knuckle touch suck it so your conversations about for my team people thinking you're really fucking good what? Yeah, that's that happened. Yeah. So is that what the conversation's about? What the conversation? <laughs> no one cares. Like, uh, like, is that the topic you brought up? God. Yeah, that that was the topic that I just wanted to like. <laughs> as popular as I am, oh, and Paul, we can't hang up on you. So shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut, shut up. up. Shut, shut your mouth. Shut, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut. And now it's your time to say your formal goodbye, Paul Sheffield. Thank you for joining us on First and Ten. First off, I just wanted to say thank you. Every single one of you for having me. Um, I would like to thank the nine teams that uh, scored less points than me this week. And I am looking forward to a very, very good season ahead. Alrighty. All right. Well, All right. it's always entertaining when Paul's in the house. I think he. I think he maybe got the first down by an inch. I think. I think he made what, it. What's so the, the final end. ruling yeah. here? I mean, he As took it what's from a Tiger and a Twelton guy. He got called fat, bald, and ugly. I mean, I, th- I think we just give that, it. That was <laughs> it. Was fourth down. He's dealing he with enough other things. He, he doesn't need to worry about. I mean, I would really want a first down after that. Yeah, that was a good first down. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, 
Money's on the line in the Lug. We pick our high score. I'll probably win again. Back to right. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Kevin. Oh, they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from coats. the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. And we're back for the last little segment of the show, that being where we put our money on the line as we project who will be the highest-scoring team in the Lou come week four. Tonight, we're welcoming Paul the Prophet Sheffield back in as that's kind of the perk when you show up for your first and ten uh, segment in person. You get to join, you get to put some money on the line, and maybe you'll even benefit, live up to that nickname of the Prophet here, Paul. Um, boys? I got to brag a little bit. I'm two for three. I'm feeling hot, hot, hot. Yep, but I also, you. I, I also got to brag. Who'd you, who'd you pick last week? I picked you, baby. Oh, Let's, right. go. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. You believe in the storylines, they reward you. Um, but the more impressive feat outside of going two for three is that as a group, we haven't missed yet. We have not missed yet. And that's, I would say those odds, that's pretty impressive. Um, let's dive right into it. Tyler, I see you scanning your phone over there. You're, you, you've you been going over the projections for days. Yep. I mean, you were doing this in week three, Haven't trying stopped. to win this five bucks or ten bucks in week yeah. four. Uh-huh. Um, who you got? I got an easy choice, and his name's David Walser. Oh, you uh, son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's uh, where I was looking. Uh, he's been putting up big points every week. Uh, he's been the one who hasn't really gotten that high score yet. I think it's his turn. Even though he put up 147 last week, I'm looking for him to back it up again. Maybe give me a 157, 160. I'll be nice. Uh, let's go win me some money, David. Let's go. All righty. And Kyle, I'm going to you. You get the, uh, you're here every Monday night, so I'm not letting Paul go before you do. Who you got? Week four, high score. This is tough. Um, I'm going to go with Jack McDonald. Okay. And it kind of hurts me to say it. Like, anytime I have to pick him, it, it does hurt. It's a good choice. Uh, but yeah, no, I I just think like he he's put up pretty big numbers. I feel like every week, and I honestly like didn't really have another person in my back pocket, so <laughs> I'm just going with him. You're going with the safe bet. <laughs> That's never a bad call. Um, all right, Paul, special guest this week. Who do you think is going to take the uh, highest number come week four? And yes, because I know you want to ask, you can pick yourself. Oh, I know I can pick myself. We would prefer you didn't. Yeah, I, I won't. I have uh, one of my best players is on a bye this week, and I think I'm the only one that really has a huge player impact on bye this week. I am going to try and mend the relationship here, but also because I slightly <laughs> believe in his team for this week and this week only. So without further ado, Kyle, I think oh. your team starts to score some TDs this week. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm not going to lie. That, that that feels good inside hearing that. Good. Feels yeah. good. Yeah. Paul. I, I, Paul, I, Paul, I believe in your team. I, I believe in Let's your go. team, baby. Oh, wow. Get An actual here. knuckle touch yeah. between go, the baby. two podcasts. That's something I didn't expect to see tonight, but it's nice. The alphas Steph are in the house. Ty didn't even want to win. I didn't even I totally do, but then Paul barked. And then I was like, And then I barked. Do I want to be a part of that group? No, no. Right. This week... Fuck you. <laughs> Storylines, <laughs> story uh, be damned. I'm taking it. It's myself. I'm going oh. to blow up this week. I'm going to go over. <laughs> I think <laughs> oh, God. 136 this week. It's going to be uh, crew. I think everyone else is actually going to struggle. Maybe a couple guys around 110. Somehow my team going to put up 
six touchdowns throughout the lineup, end up with 136 points, and I will continue getting rich in this segment. 136. Picking myself. Mark that. Write that down, Tyler. Mark that down. 136. Fuck so you. confident. It makes it so if he doesn't get it right, then we only have to pay him 250 <laughs> each instead of five. Well, bucks. I don't know about that. That's not how the For evenness go. of the league, I'd like that you play Randall this week. So big right i we need that yeah. we need me to win right guys yep. everyone's rooting for me it's nice to hear <laughs> <laughs> with that Spins on. exactly i'm the master of it with that i think we wrap it up here on the uh, monday night recording thanks to paul the prophet sheffield special guest for first and 10 and because he was in studio gets to tag along put his own money on the line thanks for joining us paul always a pleasure to have you despite what some text messages may say uh, <laughs> tyler <laughs> kyle killed it as you do every week uh, Paul, just, wait, just I'm a little confused. Oh, go I got a quick question for Paul. What name one thing more important than fantasy football to you? Nothing. Then why the fuck weren't you at the draft? You play to win the game. Hello. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs>